Is everybody having a good new year? Yeah, let me try that again. Everybody having a good new year? All right, very good. I thought so. I, I was greeting as you guys came in. I know you're alive and well today. Uh, I have a couple of things I would like to uh, just kind of talk about, uh, be kind of like announcements, so to speak, as we kick off, and then we're going to dive into the message. Is that okay? Very cool. So um, my name is Daniel Kasnave. I'm so glad that you are here. I have had the honor and the privilege of being the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And uh, we are in 2023. Anybody messed that up yet? Uh, writing it on a check or, I, don't, I mean, we still write check. Yeah. But um, writing those down on papers, whatever it may be. Uh, but 2023, and we're starting a brand new year. Uh, we're starting a brand new series today. So we're so glad that you're joining us uh, in the room, but also online. But the first thing I want to talk about is um, ever since Thanksgiving, God's been doing some really great things, and our church has just constantly, I say constantly and consistently grown um, pretty exponentially since Thanksgiving. And so for us, we're evaluating what is our next steps? What should we do? And so uh, we want to help solve two problems uh, with what I'm about to tell you, uh, because we wanna, we're going to launch a chair campaign. And so what we're going to do is we're going to purchase 120 chairs for the church. And so if you're sitting down in these nice, huge uh, really heavy, uh, comfy chairs that you're sitting in there. They're great, but uh, we want to be able to bring in chairs that we can get at about 120. Right now, we're about 90, okay? And because we're evaluating, do we need to go to two services or one, this will help us stay one service a little longer, if that makes sense. And so uh, we're going to do a chair campaign. And also, the second problem is, like I said, it takes a very strong human like Fred to take these chairs all the way over to the room and bring them back in. And so um, with that being said, the chairs that we're getting are really great chairs, but we, one person can carry like four or five at a time uh, compared to one of these. And so it'll take a lot of pressure off with setup and tear down every single week. And so uh, for us, we have a, you see we're growing, help fund a chair. Uh, each chair costs about $25 and we are looking to raise about $3,500 uh, to purchase all of those chairs for, able, for us to do that. And this is a really, uh, honestly, it's a really incredible uh, problem to have, right? Uh, that we're growing, that God has blessed us and so we want that opportunity and so for you you may say I would love just to uh, sponsor one chair and the reason I say that is because uh, for us it's not just a chair um, somebody is going to sit in that chair and they're going to hear about Jesus. Somebody's going to sit in that chair and hear about the saving grace of the gospel. And so uh, that's why it's a big deal to us and it's so important. Uh, but that, that's one piece that we're going to dive into starting off the new year. Um, our five-year anniversary is coming up at the end of the month. And I kind of have like an internal goal. I'd love to transform the room on our five-year anniversary. But as you can see, even in the room today, we're getting pretty close to uh, some of the capacity in the chairs that we have. Uh, the, uh, the second thing is, is our church is launching into a 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we do this every single January. It's just a, an opportunity for us to uh, really dive into God's word, dive into prayer, connect with him. And the goal of fasting, if you're kind of new to church or new to the fasting game, uh, fast, the goal of fasting is to build intimacy with God. And so we want to take 21 days and go, we're going to be hyper-focused as a church on reading God's word and praying. And so fasting for us, uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can fast. You can pick something, um, maybe for food-wise, you can't do that for uh, diet reasons or whatever that may be. And so you're saying, you know what, I I'm going to fast from TV. I'm going to fast from whatever it may be. I know the national championship game's tomorrow, so maybe Tuesday, I'm just kidding. Uh, but like, it, whatever it may be, as you think about it, it can be that type of fast, or you see there's fast in the Bible, uh, food fast, where there's sun up 
to sundown. There's the Daniel fast. There's uh, that we've done it before where, hey, I'm going to kind of skip lunch. And during my lunch break, I'm going to spend that time reading God's word or praying, whatever it may be. Because the point is, uh, it's an opportunity every time I feel that urge of why am I doing this again? Uh, It's a reminder. Oh, I'm praying to God. I'm reconnecting with him. I'm diving closer with him. Or maybe if it's TV, I'm taking that hour I would have spent watching that show and I'm going to dive into God's word. I'm going to practice praying, whatever it may be. And so I would just encourage, um, uh, we like to do this as a church, and I'm telling you, every year we do it, God does some incredible things in each individual's lives because it's that step of faith of going, God, I am hunger. Uh, I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness. I'm hungry for what you have for me in my life. And it, it's just that faith step, that physical faith step. I want to remove this so that I can concentrate fully more on you. And so anyway, I'd encourage you, if you want more information on that, we have it on our website. You can stop by the Connect Center as well. Uh, it's on our website, backslash fast. Uh, you can find it. You can fill out the Connect card. Uh, but stop by the Connect Center. If you ask questions, we love that opportunity just to help people walk through what that looks like and, and how that works. Does that sound good? Very good. Everybody excited? I know I'm excited about both of those things. Um, it's a really, really great problem to have, but also the prayer and fasting. Um, it's just an awesome opportunity as a church. And we get to do it together. And so let me pray for us. Uh, today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. And we're going we're gonna to look at Matthew chapters 4 and 5 during this series. And this series is called, What's Next? But before we dive in, I just want to pray and ask God to speak to our hearts. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have to dive into your word and to hear your truth. God, as we start 2023, we just want to devote this year to you. I pray that as we're praying through goals and uh, New Year resolutions, God, that we would lay those at your feet first and say, God, what do you want from me this year? Yeah, where are you leading us as a church? Where are you leading us as individuals? And I pray that you'll speak to our hearts during this time. And God, I pray that you'll bring healing where there needs to be healing. I pray that you bring restoration where there needs to be. God, I pray that you bring hope and peace and comfort and all those pieces to each individual's lives. God, we love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. So our series that we're jumping into starting today is called What's Next? What's Next? And I feel like uh, we can all wrestle with that question. What's next? We're starting 2023, and when the end of the year comes and the new year starts, we may ask ourselves, what is next? What's next for this year? What are we going to do? We may evaluate the previous year and go, okay, I want to keep doing these things, and I want to stop doing these things, right? Or I want to eat healthier. I want to start exercising, or I want to read more, or whatever it may be. I want to spend more time with my family, or or I want to do this type of thing at work, and whatever that may be, we're wrestling with that question, what's next? But I also believe, uh, not just at the beginning of the year, uh, there are different uh, moments in our life and in our walk with Christ and our walk with God where we ask the same question, like, God, what's next, right? Maybe you're in a season where you're like, I'm just, I feel spiritually dry or feel like God's not speaking to me or I'm just wrestling right now. God, what is next? And we're, we're left answer, asking that question. God, what's next for me? What's that next step that I need to take? Or what are you doing inside of my life? And if you're wrestling with that, you're in good company, right? Because I believe we've all wrestled with some form or fashion that question in different moments and different seasons of our life. But also, the disciples wrestled with this question too. 
Because today we're going to look at Matthew chapter 4. We're going to look when Jesus first called his disciples, right? And anytime you start something brand new, do you remember making the commitment? Like maybe uh, you made a commitment. You say, you know what? I'm going to exercise. I'm going to join a gym. And you join the gym. And then you walk in the gym. And you're like, okay, what's next? Right? Like what do I do now? There's like a thousand machines in here. What's, what's my next step? And really for this series... That's my heart. That's, that's the goal is to look at the Bible, look at Scripture, and look at the way Jesus called his disciples. And he kept answering that question for them. They would lean in for what's next, and he would have that next step for them. And I believe he can have that next step for you and for me as we uh, allow the Holy Spirit just to guide our lives. And so uh, today, to catch us up in Matthew chapter 4, uh, we just left Christmas, right? And so Matthew chapter 1, we see the Christmas story where Jesus comes to earth as a, in the form of a baby, and then Jesus continues to grow. We don't know a lot of information about Jesus' life from a baby until he reached the age of about 30 and started his ministry. Well, to start his ministry off, uh, he was uh, led by a man named John the Baptist who was called to pave the way. John the Baptist was kind of this wild man who lived in the woods and wore camel hair and ate wild locusts, okay? So like he'd throw some honey on them things and just, it's crazy to think about, but he was kind of labeled as a wild man preaching, repent because the kingdom of heaven is here and he's preaching out. And so he, Jesus comes to him to be baptized. And when Jesus is baptized, we see that the Holy Spirit descends on him in a form of a dove. And then God speaks and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then immediately, this is how Jesus starts his ministry off. He's led straight into the wilderness where Jesus is fasting, right? And he gets to this 40-day fast. And Jesus is doing, and so he's hungry. He's physically exhausted. And he goes right, the, the enemy, the devil sees this opportunity because when the devil sees us down and hurting, he's not like, oh, let me just leave him alone. Like they're, they're having a tough day, right? Like the enemy sees that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So he sees us down. He's, I'm going to go after them. This is a vulnerable moment. I could really take hold. And so imagine the audacity of Satan to tempt Jesus, right? Like the son of God. Like imagine the, the pride that you have to have. And so he comes and he tempts Jesus. And we read that kind of famous scripture, Matthew 4. Jesus speaks scripture to him. And then the angels come and minister to Jesus. And then we get to Matthew chapter 4. Because Jesus starts his earthly ministry. And the way that he starts his earthly ministry is that in the Jewish times, it was pretty prevalent during that time for the rabbis or the teachers to pick certain disciples to follow them. And they would literally follow them uh, all throughout the day. It was like you were enrolling almost into a school where you say, hey, come follow me. And they would leave whatever they were doing and they would come follow this rabbi and they would learn the ways of, in the Old Testament, the, the Judaism or whatever that may be. And you'll read in scripture, John the Baptist had disciples. And so they were disciples who were following John the Baptist and some left then to follow Jesus. So Jesus started selecting his disciples. His fame started to grow because he started preaching. And this is where we pick up here in Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 through 22. Everybody still good? All right. Uh, starting in verse 17, it says this. From that time, Jesus began to preach. This is Jesus' first time in public ministry. Public ministry. He's saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're going to come back to that because that's a pretty big statement. And then in verse 18, it says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 
And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. In verse 22, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I want to stop here just for a few minutes because when Jesus uh, starts his earth of ministry, he says he begins to preach and he uses this line, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And from a Bible nerds in the house, the kingdom of heaven is only used in the book of Matthew. Um, most of the time you see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God used. And so synonymously, we see the kingdom of heaven being used here in the book of Matthew. And so Jesus is preaching and his, his message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's a pretty big statement. You're talking about all of eternity. You're talking about heaven. And Jesus is going, hey, wake up. Because the kingdom of heaven is here right now. And what he is talking about, he's kind of talking this, uh, this theme. If you remember in the book of Daniel, uh, we talked about the prophecies and how some of them were already but not yet kind of prophecies. And when Jesus is talking about this here, that's what he's talking about. That the kingdom of heaven is here because Jesus is the center of heaven. Everything flows from Jesus. He created all things, right? And so Jesus was on earth right there in that moment. And as believers in Christ, Christ is living in us, right? So there is a glimpse of heaven living in you and in me as believers, right? But we know it's not the full fulfillment of heaven because we read in Revelations, what does it describe about heaven? There's no more tears, no more suffering. It talks about the clear gold streets. Can you imagine like this, the, the pearly gates, all of these things about heaven, and we know we're not there yet, right? But there are glimpses of heaven that we can experience right now. Not only that, it's one of Jesus' favorite terms. Whenever he's teaching and walking with someone, he's, he uses the term, I want to teach you about the kingdom. I want to teach you about the ways of the kingdom. I want to teach you about this. And so Jesus is making a statement. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is here and now. And he's saying, turn from the world and follow me. And he calls his disciples. And I think this is pretty big for you and I because where Jesus is, there is the kingdom of heaven. And so if you're taking notes, that's a great thing to kind of remember and to write down for you and I. And you, you remember in Matthew 6 when Jesus taught people how to pray, it says, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we see this principle, right? This way of life that God is calling his disciples. And I love this because he's, call, he's calling you and he's calling me with this same opportunity. And this is it because we talk about 2023, right? Like I need a vision for my life. I need to, to know what's next. And vision is what could be and what should be, right? And so we're pointing people to a new hope, a new future. And God's vision, Jesus' vision when he called people to follow him were... The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that's what could be, that's what should be. And you and I have an opportunity to help bring glimpses of heaven here on earth right now. That you and I have the opportunity, God's going, hey, I want you to follow me, Thomas, follow me, right? Like follow me and I want to teach you the ways of the kingdom of heaven. And I thought, what a beautiful picture, what an amazing thing to realize for you and for me that God is calling us to that same Thing that you and I get to experience those pieces of heaven, the ways of heaven now here on this earth. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then because you and I, that, that's a pretty broad, uh, big statement here. And the disciples have a decision to make, right? 
Because Jesus goes up to them, like if I were to go up to Jacob and go, Jacob, hey, I want you to follow me, right? I want you to, to learn from me. And then he says this, I will make you fishers of men. And I love that statement. And I don't want to spend too much time here because we're going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. But uh, I, I love that. At the very beginning, Jesus called them to a mission. At the very beginning, God said, hey, I am actually going to make you, and then I'm going to use you as a fisherman, right? And he uses that term because they were fishermen. They knew exactly what they were talking about. They were like, you know how you cast your nets out, and you're catching fish all day, and you're working, and you're toiling, and all of that? He goes, you know how you do that? I'm going to empower you to do that for people, to go out and to live on mission, to live on purpose for my kingdom right and he's given them this big vision and right from the get-go the disciples knew okay i'm following jesus not just so that i can take in information but because i'm going to be doing this too right because i'm going to be a fishers of men too it's like from right from the get-go they understood that the mission was at hand that god was calling them to that mission and for you and i to understand that when god calls us he's calling us i will make you into fishers of men right he's like i, I want to use you for the mission, for the, the vision of the kingdom of heaven. And we see this pretty incredible principle. But then the disciples do this, right? It says that they immediately left their nets and started following Jesus, right? And that's a pretty big deal, especially for them, because this was their job. This was their career. They were, uh, at least they were second generation fishermen. They could have been uh, plenty more, but it says their father was there fishing too. And so second generation, their father passing the family business down to them for them to go, you know what? Actually, I feel like God's called me into full-time ministry, right? And they're, they're leaving this and they're following Jesus. Now, you and I may not be leaving a particular vocation, right? We may not leave our current career, current jobs to follow Jesus. But what God is calling us to do is, is that now our identity is not wrapped up in whatever that vocation is, whatever that career is. My identity is rooted in Christ. And now when I go into that career, into that vocation, into that avenue, now I am living for the kingdom of heaven. Now, I'm, now I am modeling what that looks like. And God begins to work in me and through me. But what I love and I'm kind of praying through and considering as a follower of Christ is the disciples had their nets in their hand, right? And it says they dropped their nets and they started following Jesus. And I began to think about my life and I was like, God, what are some nets that I am holding on to. And God's like, hey, Daniel, I want you to follow me. I want you to experience this life with me. But here I am holding on to that net going, oh, are you sure? You sure, God? Like, I'm not sure what this looks like, right? And it, it could be different things for different people. It could be just what I talked about. It could be an identity for the career that we have right now, right? Like, I could be holding on to that going, God, I can't let this go. And God's going, I have a bigger mission for you. I have a bigger purpose if you're willing to take that it could be a past hurt that we're holding on to right that somebody did something to us and we're holding on to it and i'm saying uh, god i can't give this to you i'm just too angry about it or i'm too bitter about it i'm just uh, and it's, it's weighing me down i'm not ready to let this go yet or maybe it's a mindset where you that you believe that you can't be used by god maybe it's a mindset of going you know what i don't know enough I've, I've never really grown up in church. In fact, Daniel, you don't know my past. You don't know what I have done. You don't know what I've thought about. Like, God, you, I can't be used by God, right? Because that's what the enemy wants you to think. Think about this. If you were the devil, right? 
I'm not saying that you are, okay? But I'm saying, like, just imagine if you were, and, and you were called by Christ, right? He can't stop salvation, right? It's the mighty hand of God that saves. It's his grace and his power. But if you were the enemy, and you know that they were saved by God, what would you try to do? Derail their mission, right? Derail their vision of going, God can't use you. Like, yeah, okay, you may be saved, but that's good enough. Like, you just need to hold right there, right? But what God wants you and I to realize is that we can be used by God when we give him all of our nets. When we're willing to say, God, take my net, take my mindset, take my hurt, take my burden. All of those things, I'm I'm laying them at the feet of the cross. And Jesus takes those. And here's the beauty of the cross, right? I mean, just think about the cross in general. He takes a form of execution, right? And turns it into something that's so beautiful that we wear it on our necks. We put it up on the wall, right? Because it's a symbol of beauty now because Christ died for you and I to set us free and Christ does the same thing with you and same thing with me he takes my mess and turns it into a message he takes all of my hurt and my pain and he begins to use it as a testimony and and then now because of that pain because of that hurt because of what you and I have experienced we can look to somebody in the eyes and go I know how you feel you know how I know how you feel because the same thing happened to me and if you've ever had a conversation with someone like that, because there's, there's only so much empathy you can have until you've actually walked that road, right? And when you look across the room and look at somebody in the eyes and go, I know how you feel. Can I tell you how God got me through it? Can I tell you how he gave me peace and he healed me in that? It's a game changer. And then when you experience the kingdom of heaven working through you, right? Like we get to lean in and go, hey, You don't have to live that way. You don't have to stay in that. Can I show you what could be? Can I show you what should be? Can I show you the vision of the kingdom of heaven? Can I show you the ways of God? We begin to paint them a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And that you can experience a little of that now, right? Because you may be thinking, well, there there is going to be sorrow. There is going to be pain. There is going to be heartache. Yes, that is true. But we can experience hope right now. We can experience peace right now. We can experience comfort right now. We can experience love right now. We can experience joy right now. In the middle of our pain and suffering, we can experience joy. We can experience peace. We can experience contentment. All of those things. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Like most of us think about weightlifting and I can lift a car. I can do all things through Christ, right? I'm going to walk into work today. But that, that verse in context is talking about contentment. I can be content in all things because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Like I can walk into any situation. I can have all the money in the world or I can have no money living on the streets, but I can be content because Christ is the one who gives me strength, right? And that's a different picture. Like, could you imagine a a, a group of people that no matter what problem they faced in front of them, they had peace, they had joy, they had contentment, and people were like, what is this? What, what, what do you have? Like, what do you, oh, it's the kingdom of heaven. And the only way we have this is through Christ, right? The only way, right? We're giving them a picture of what the kingdom of heaven 
is like. And so you and I may be asking the questions just like the disciples. Uh, what's next? How, how do I do this? Daniel, that sounds awesome, but uh, what's next? How do I walk into those steps? I'm so glad you asked that question. Because Jesus comes here in Matthew chapter 4, and then he goes in verse 23. And this is what he does. He invites them into it. And then I want you to notice what Jesus starts doing, right? And then we're going to go into Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew chapter 6. And we see what Jesus starts to do. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus says, And he went throughout all of Galilee. It says he went, right? It doesn't say his disciples went. Like his disciples were with him, but it, this is all that Jesus is doing. He went through all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, those who were oppressed by demons, those having seizures, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond Jordan. Could you imagine following Jesus, right? Like all of this is happening. People are uh, demon-possessed. They're uh, sick and all of these things. And Jesus is walking up to them and he is healing them. I mean, miraculous signs that Jesus is doing. But what I want us to notice here is that the miraculous signs prove that he is who he says he is, right? They point to the, the miracle giver, not just the miracle, right? But Jesus did all of that. But two... The disciples were what? They were just following and watching Jesus, right? They were kind of standing back going, oh my goodness, this guy is who he says. This is pretty incredible. And if you ever had a leader or a boss who called you into work and says, hey, you know what? Here's everything that you have to do. And then they go in their office and take a nap. Right? Like, have you ever experienced that before? Like, because they're saying and telling you to do something, uh, but then their actions don't follow up, right? Like, they're a little hypocritical, and you're like, well, this is hard to follow. But Jesus is the exact opposite. He says, hey, I'm going to call you to this, and then right now, I'm going to model this for you. I'm going to actually do this first. So Jesus started teaching his disciples and teaching the world, and then he started praying for people, and he invited the disciples into this experience. And I think the principle that's big for you and I is Jesus modeled the way of the kingdom. And for you and I, we are called to model the kingdom of heaven. But there's this moment, right, when we are following Christ where we have to learn what to model, right? We have to follow someone or follow or get into the gospel and, and understand what are the ways of the kingdom. What is the kingdom of heaven like? What, is, what are his ways? How does he walk with us? And for you and I to go, you know what? First, before I can start living on this mission, right? Before I can start mentoring and, and doing all of these things, I need to learn how to do this first, right? Because now I need to model it as well. I need to do it in my own life so that as people are following me in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, we see Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Is that I have to model it. So then, because it becomes a part of who I am, it becomes an overflow of my life that I can model who model the kingdom of heaven. And I just love that phrasing for you and I to think about the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I was sitting in, um, I was actually sitting in Starbucks on Thursday, and I was doing a little studying. And um, sometimes I go there and I call it my office anyway. But uh, we go there and I'm studying and I'm literally sitting, I'm reading this phrase of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I just kept, the, the Holy Spirit just kept bringing that phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I was like, 
this is a beautiful and powerful statement. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I read it in scripture as Jesus was saying it. But I was thinking about Thursday in the middle of Starbucks and I started looking around going, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? Like, and then I thought about, I'm going to go to my house here in a minute and look at my four kids and I can say the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now, right? I can go into work and I begin to look at my coworkers. And I can say the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. The kingdom of heaven is flowing in us and through us. And what an incredible moment for you and I to realize that, to have that revelation of who God is and what he is doing in us. It changes the game, right? Like now I can walk because God has called me to be an ambassador for Christ, right? And an ambassador is someone who speaks for the kingdom that they're a part of, right? You and I, this is no longer our home. Heaven is now my home. I am an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. Like God has called me out of darkness and into light, right? We are salt and light. And he is saying, I'm calling you into that. But the first steps that we have to take, and really I just want to kind of encourage us as believers in Christ, is to do what the disciples did. So you know what? This year, Bridge Kids having fun, right? Um, is to do what the disciples did. To go, you know what, God? Maybe there's a net that I'm holding on to. And you're, you're saying, hey, come fo- God's saying, come follow me and I will make you into fishers of men. Could you imagine if Peter, like, he was like, I'm going to come, right? But I, I still got to do this. Jesus, I, I'm still holding on to this. And Jesus going, no, no, no. I want you to trust me with your entire life. With every aspect of your life. I want you to, I want you to trust me with your career. I want you to trust me with your identity. I want you to trust me with the way that you think. I want you to trust me with your finances. I want you to trust me with the way that you parent. I want you to trust me with the way that you view marriage. I want you to trust me with the way that you see your future. I want you to trust me with your dreams, right? I want you to trust me with your expectations. Like all of these pieces, I want you to trust me with your relationships. And I begin to think about all of those things. And I begin to pray, just like in Psalms, God, create in me a clean heart, oh God. And is there anything in me that I'm still holding on to that's holding me back from fully pursuing God? Maybe it's a sin in our life that we just keep kind of going back to and, and, and seeking that for comfort. And God is going, hey, I want you to drop that net. And I want you to follow me. I want you to pursue me with every. Thing that you have we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting right like some of us may be evaluating i'm not sure if i can do this or i can do that but i know for me it's a moment where i can get to the point where i'm going you know what i don't need every food that i think i need right because sometimes i'll comfort eat right like i'll eat and eat and eat i'm like oh this is good right but i i don't live by that i live by the bread of christ right i live by his word and his truth and that brings comfort that brings peace and it's it's even those moments of going god i don't even need that i need your word i need your truth right and it's an opportunity for you and i and i would just encourage us as we pray i'm getting ready to close here but um, maybe begin to pray through this statement i am committing to learning the ways of the kingdom and my encouragement is, is that's what we're going to be doing over this next series. And the beauty of it is that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He called them in Matthew 4, and then he goes right into the Sermon on the Mount, right? He begins to teach them the ways 
of the kingdom. And he goes right into it. And he's saying, learn this. Now that you have learned it, you can model it. I'm going to model it because I believe God has called you and me to a mission. It's the mission of the kingdom of heaven. It's the mission of the kingdom of God. And no matter your age in this room, you could be a student. You could be an empty nester. You could be whatever age you are. God has you here for a reason. He has called you on purpose and to a mission. And there are so many lost and hurt people that God has placed you in their path for a reason of going, hey, can I tell you about the kingdom of heaven? Can I model it with my life so that you can experience some of that? And people look at you like, oh, I really want to know more about that. You go, oh, let me just tell you about Jesus. Can I tell you about what he's done in my life? Can I tell you about the fruits of the spirit, right? And the thing about getting close to Jesus is that you and I can't muster up spiritual fruit. We have to yield to it. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to Jesus, you're going to look around and go, ooh, I just forgave that person pretty quick, right? Like, it's it just because I got so close to God. I just, I walked in this moment because I'm growing closer to Christ. Oh, I, I feel like these desires and these temptations weren't as bad as they were a year ago, right? Because I'm, I'm growing closer to Christ, and he's walking me in these steps. And so I want to like, just to, to give us an opportunity here, um, I want to give us three things to kind of pray through, and then um, my encouragement is that we work through this series, we begin to learn the ways of the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk about more ways, more in details. And the first thing for you and I to realize as we get ready to close here is I'm committing to learn the ways of the kingdom. And the first way for me to say, you know what, I'm committing is to surrender my life to Christ. Because you and I, the, the thing that Christ wants for you and for me is a relationship with you, right? Like that's what he wants first and foremost. It's hard for God to work and change our heart if we have not given our lives to him, right? We haven't surrendered to him of going, God, you are God. You are Christ. You are my Lord and Savior. And so, God, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose again. I believe that all these miracles prove and say who you are. That, that, that is the true you are the true God. So surrendering, surrendering my life to Christ. And then the second one is, is just what we talked about. I'm committing to learn and live out the kingdom of heaven. Learn to, to live out the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus uh, came back to life on the third day, right? He resurrected from the dead. There was 40 days uh, between his resurrection and his ascension. And in those 40 days, the Bible says that he taught them about the kingdom of God, right? Like he goes back to that and going, I'm reminding you of the kingdom of heaven, reminding you of the kingdom of God for you and I to say, you know what, 2023, I'm all in. I'm all in to learn it. And as I learn it, I'm gonna start to apply it immediately. I'm reading that word, that scripture this morning. I'm, I'm praying, I'm reflecting over this. Now, God, would you do this in me? Would you do this through me? I'm committing, right? Like Jesus says, follow me. That is a conscious decision right it is a head fold but the part of that my responsibility peter's and andrews like they had to make the decision to go i'm dropping my nets and i'm pursuing christ right and you and i have that conscious decision of going you know what i'm committing i'm, I'm following pursuing after christ and what he has for me and then the third one is this through this series and we want to help give you avenues to this as we get a little closer to the end of January. But follow someone who is further along in the journey. Follow someone who's further along in the journey. And in the Bible, we call that discipleship. 
And we call that, a lot of times we have avenues for that, like small group. And uh, we have volunteers that are in Bridge Kids back there and serving the next generation because they're a little further along, right? And they're investing into the next generation. We have Bridge students and leaders who are investing in the next generation. We have small group leaders who are investing in uh, people who are around us. But for you and I, begin to pray, God, would you put somebody in my path who is further along than me? And God, if he brings a name to you, maybe have a friend and just to commit of going, you know what, I'm going to have a conversation with them, that I want to learn more about the ways of the kingdom of heaven from them and through them. It could be a one-on-one thing, whatever it may be. Or you could say, hey, when uh, we get ready in the next few weeks to start small groups, I want to jump into a small group. And I'm going to just keep taking those steps of following, pursuing that, whatever that may be. And so I'm going to encourage us between those three, uh, one is surrendering my life to Christ or committing, right? I'm making the decision, follow me. Today I'm making that decision, committing of living and learning. And then the third one is, is I begin to pray, God, who can I follow who's further along in the journey than me? And that's for everybody, right? I have people that I'm pursuing, right? I'm pursuing and saying, hey, can you teach me? Can you, can you show me the next faith step that God is calling me to and what God needs to do with me? Because, you know, Romans 12, it talks about a living sacrifice. You know the problem with a living sacrifice? It keeps climbing off the altar, right? Like it keeps, like we just keep running back sometimes and God's going, hey, I want you to do this again. You need to surrender that again or whatever that may be because we live in a broken world and our hearts are still in those moments. And so I just want to pray for us. Worship team's going to come back up and we just begin to think, but my hope is, is we don't lose the vision that God has given you and I. And that's the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus says, I want you to come follow me And I will make you fishers of men because you're going to learn the ways of the kingdom of heaven. And what an amazing opportunity. What an invigorating moment for you and I to wake up on Monday and go, you know what? I can't wait to get into the word because I'm going to learn the ways of the kingdom of heaven. And I want to model this because I want God to use me for his glory. Right? I want somebody to experience hope through me. And so uh, maybe you're in the room. I just kind of feel led to, to say this prayer, but... Maybe you're a Christian in the room and you've kind of lost hope. And you need to make that commitment again of going, you know what? I I need that fire back, God. I need that stirring in me that you can actually use me, right? And I just want to pray for that over our church because there's this moment where you and I can recommit. You're going, you know what, God? I'm dropping that. I'm dropping that net. I'm fully pursuing you. What a way to start January. What a way to start 2023. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that if you're stirring in our hearts, God, I pray that if anybody wants to start a relationship with you, have never given their lives to you, God, I pray that they would pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I'm turning from my sinful ways and ask that you would save me, God. Ask that you would change me. God, I pray that you give that person boldness and courage to talk to somebody today. Help them with what's next after that prayer, after that commitment before God. God, I pray for us as a church. Maybe there's somebody in the room who has been following you. Maybe they've been following you for years, God. 
but they've lost a little bit of that ember, lost the, that hope, God. Or maybe they've just completely, they're like, God, I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread of trying to hang on to my faith. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would just take them and consume their heart, God. I pray that their first step is I'm dropping the net that's holding me back, God. I pray that you would do a mighty work in them. I pray that you give us boldness as a church to walk alongside of them and encourage them, God. I pray that you stir us, God. Give us that vision of the kingdom of heaven. Keep that in front of us, God. May we reflect on that every morning before we go to work, before we deal with our families, God, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you are the center of the kingdom of heaven, God. You are the answer. You are hope. You are love. You are grace. And I pray that we would just get as close to you as we can, God. Do a mighty work in us. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.